0: this is the ivy retirement podcast with peter Loffenberg from the ivy league advisory group when a part of your financial strategy is out of tune your long-term goals your retirement savings and your legacy can all suffer with many years of experience in the financial industry peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security retirement income planning wealth management and much more Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show today, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theIVAG.com. And while on the website, click on the podcast page to check out past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out with us with any questions that you may have or to set up a meeting either face-to-face or virtually whatever you're comfortable with. You know, today I want to talk about a topic uh, uh, that I hear a lot when I meet with people, and that's semi-retired lifestyles. You know, when I sit down with uh, a prospective client, you know, before we start talking about social security or investments, I usually like to get a general idea of, hey, you're going to retire. What does that exactly mean? What are your goals? Where are you going to live? Do you plan to work part time in retirement? And more often than not, the answer that I get is, yeah, you know, I'm retiring from my full time gig, but uh, I'm probably going to work part time. And and that is the definition of being semi retired, right? You retired from your your main for uh, your main form of life of career or income, meaning something you've done for 30 or 40 years, you've retired, but you still need to go out and either make a little more money or just do something to keep yourself busy so you're semi-retired. And there's some consequences as well as some things to think about um, when it comes to that. So that's what we want to chat about today on the podcast. But before we do that, I want to welcome in my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show, Peter. This sounds like a great one you've got lined up. Uh, interesting topic. And, um, you know, semi-retired life, uh, I think a lot of people uh, do that and are thinking about that or or, are attempting it. So I'm fascinated by this. Sometimes we talk about uh, retiring early or full retirement a lot on the show, but uh, semi-retired, that's an interesting one. And I think it's becoming, uh, it's a trend right now. So that'll be good. But I've been great. I've had a busy week between, you know, preparing for the holidays, mm. uh, dealing with family,
1: work. It seems like this time of year gets a little crazy. How about for you? Yeah, I think that's probably true for a lot of people, right? No, we are heading full steam into, uh, <laughs> into the Christmas season. So, but things are good on this end. Thanks for asking. Uh, sure. You know, with two little ones, we got Christmas concerts coming oh. up and Christmas parades and visiting Santa and decorating the house, which yeah, you're is all fun, but it's also very time consuming. Uh, yeah. But you know, I wouldn't trade it for for anything else at this point.
0: Sure. When you have young kids, uh, this I here I'm talking about this time of year being busy. I, it's nothing compared to when my three kids were young. Yeah. Right? Uh, they're all pretty much grown. I mean, my youngest is 17 and then 19 and 22. So Christmas you know, we're not running, they all drive. So we don't have to, uh, I just think back on those days where we had like this Christmas concert, a band concert, choir concert, a church Mm -hmm. Christmas play. Uh, we had the, you know, they wanted to go to the Christmas parade. You got to go see Santa. I mean, it, it stacks up when you've got kids. Plus look at you, an independent financial advisor, end of year stuff with your clients. Yeah. you've been a busy guy i I guess I can't complain you You kind of put it in perspective for me, and that's yeah. why I hang out with you, so I realize, <laughs> hey, I don't have it so bad. Look at Peter <laughs> over there he yeah, doesn't thanks, have
1: a, he doesn't but, even have a minute to think uh, about but, his own s- self, right, but you will admit there is something special about having young kids at the christmas oh. season my My youngest is two and a half, and so oh, that's she doesn't the remember. Best. She doesn't remember last year's Christmas, so for who, for her, you know, the Christmas tree, the lights, yeah. Santa—that's it's kind of like reliving it all over again. And and you know, just when the when her eyes light up with the Christmas lights or yep. Santa's coming down on the fire truck in the parade, there, there's something uh, there's something special about yeah. that. 12, so
0: right around twelve or thirteen years old and under, yes, Christmas is so great. Yeah, now even a, about two. So between two and twelve. Those are the years you got to cherish because Christmas means so much to those kids. It's so fun. I do miss that aspect. And so I'm I'm jealous of you in that sense, for sure. Yeah. That's
1: probably the only place you're jealous, Tony. Anyway, speaking of probably,
0: you've hit upon the one thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Moving on. (laughs) No, you're good with numbers. I am envious of that. Uh, I was told there would be no math. That's why you're here. So, uh, today, uh, you know, I, I just think that this is a good one. I mean, uh, intriguing topic, as you noted, I think the idea of a S of semi retirement, it's becoming more and more common. I think health and vitality, you know, people are living longer. I think that mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it. I mean, compared to my grandparents' generation, it seems like a lot of today's 60 and 70 somethings are headed into retirement with more energy and excitement.
1: Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. And and there's a lot of reasons people are thinking about the semi-retired lifestyle, right? Uh, on one hand, you have those who may need to work part-time to uh, fill in that income gap that we talk about in many other shows, right? Maybe the only source of income they have is Social Security in retirement. And so they need to work part-time and, and be semi-retired to kind of make up the the difference that Social Security uh, doesn't, you know, Social Security doesn't meet all their income needs. But for a lot of other people, the, the the whole working aspect thing in retirement is to keep their mind busy and keep themselves busy. For example, a recent uh, uh, study by the Pew Charitable Trust sh- explain that 31% of retired women and 40% of retired men say they're going to work part-time simply because they want to, simply because they want to get out and interact with people and keep their minds busy, right? And, and because you mentioned it a, a earlier, Tony, because life expectancies have gone up, right? They they are much longer than they were a generation or two generations ago. That means you're looking at 20 or 30 years of being retire, retired. And so, you know, there's only so many trips you could possibly take or only so many projects of cleaning out the garage in retirement that you may (laughs) want to do at some point working part time. Yeah, the money's nice, but really it's keeping your mind active and it's keeping potentially your body active as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, that really hits home for me, too. I mean, a lot of people can't wait to retire because they're burned out at their jobs. They're looking for a break. But I think more and more people genuinely enjoy their work, or lo- can't give up that uh, paycheck or some type of paycheck, A- and they they also enjoy the social aspect of work. I mean, they engage with their coworkers. That's kind of pe- people's social lives bleed over into their work life, and vice versa. So uh, I think once people retire, they find fewer opportunities for social socialization, so they end up going back into the workforce.
1: Yeah, I mean you've hit it, Tony, and and we've talked about this on other podcasts, and so it won't go in depth. But right, keeping your mind and your body active in retirement is something that is going to be. Uh, crucial to making sure you have an enjoyable retirement. And the truth of the matter is uh, when you, you know, most Americans, when they're retiring, let's say 65 is the retirement age for the sake of conversation today, they're finding that they're still in really good shape, right? Not only have uh, life expectancies increased, but the overall health of the population Um, when they're getting to retirement is better than it was uh, several generations ago. To the point, for example, there was a study done by the older Americans in the workforce. The survey said that 77% of the respondents say their health was good enough that they could continue to do whatever work they were doing, whether it was physical or, or in the office. So that tells you people are getting to retirement age and they're still healthy and able to do the job that they want to do. So thinking about you know, continuing to work part-time in retirement isn't really uh, a big deal for them because for a large portion, more than three-fourths of the respondents here, they could continue to work in some capacity. Right. Yeah, there you go. And I I think more
0: and more people are are working uh, again later later in life, right? And uh, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of professional businesses and organizations are going to be willing to be flexible in an effort to keep an employee that has those skills and experience on the payroll, especially now when it's getting harder to find new employees.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So here's a perfect example: If you're repro- uh, approaching retirement, there's two different ways. You re- let's say you really like your employer, but you know you're just done with the the forty or fifty hours a week. There's you could say to them, "Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to retire, but I'm willing to work part time." And and they and you know can you bring me on on a part time basis and and maybe work two days a week and and do some of the baseline functions of your current job um, to still provide some continuity maybe for the next person down the line or another way to leverage that is take your experiences and become a consultant right as a consultant you work for yourself but your your you're taking your skills and you're offering it up to other companies. And it may be the one you actually worked for before, or it could be other companies uh, that have similar interests. Or if you're in marketing, let's say, or sales, you could offer that to any sort of business. You just have to make sure you're not, you know, you didn't have a contract or you're not violating any non competes. But this is a great way to work from home, potentially, work on your own schedule and make a little extra money um, and start to enjoy the, the retirement uh, lifestyle that you want. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it sounds
0: great. Uh, I think that's awesome. And, you know, I think it's a good time to remind the listeners out there if they're nearing retirement and they're considering possibly working part time or as a consultant, they need to work closely with a financial services professional like yourself, Peter, to help devise a strategy that's going to really utilize the income that they're going to continue to make while also providing flexibility that if they reach a point where they want to fully retire, they can actually do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, sitting down and creating a plan, right, that accounts for the streams of income that are going to come in for retirement is really important. But it, there's uh, there's other things that occur uh, when someone retires and they start, let's say, receiving a pension or Social Security um, or dealing with taxation. If you have multiple streams of income coming into your household, things can get kind of complicated on the tax side. On the Social Security side, you don't want to be having. Uh, significant withholdings occurring. So it's important to sit down with someone and understand the consequences of, of being semi-retired and having these multiple streams of income coming into your household. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's always great to have
0: multiple streams of income coming in. <laughs> I yeah. like,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. As uh, as I say, that's a good problem to have, but it is something that you, you know, you need to sit down and, and make sure you uh, that the consequences thereof are, are fully understood. Oh, yeah, well, Exactly.
0: And again, I think for a lot of people, the goal of working part-time in retirement is is far more about engagement than it is about the money for, for most. I mean, utilizing a favorite hobby seems like a great idea.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Tony. In addition to conversations with clients about semi-retirement it- I've also spoken to many that take advantage of seasonal employment opportunities, right? Working seasonally allows you to make some extra money while still controlling, you know, when, how, and where you're going to work. For example, we're coming here into the holiday season. Many retailers need some sort of extra help, either uh, whether they're a warehouse uh, and and need some people to help with shipping, whether uh, they need customer service folks on the phone, whether they need... A couple extra cashiers, what have you? The this is a time of the year that's incredibly busy for retailers, and so it might be a great opportunity opportunity for you to engage uh, in some of the colder months of the year if you're stuck in the northern part of the country um, to go and work part time and make a little extra money before the holiday uh, before the holidays uh, really commence. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you you
0: really brought it uh, up to date right now. I mean, uh, that's that's something to think about, especially now. And, you know, and what about, uh, yeah, I guess working with customers over the phone, that's kind of a tough gig. But if you can do something from home, it makes things a lot easier, right?
1: Yeah, like I mentioned, a lot of those call gigs are going to be from home, uh, or at least because of uh, the, ni- I say the nice thing, the the thing that COVID made a lot of employers realize is a lot of these jobs, you don't have to go to a call center, right? You can right. be a call representative and work from home. So if you're helping retailers on on that side and you can work from home, why not? But like I also mentioned, there's also temporary work in physical stores, right? Whether it's stocking shelves or cash registers or, or just uh, some sort of customer service to help find you know help customers find things in a store you know it this is an important time for the retailers right because for most of them this is where they they are going to break even if or, or better for the year they need the help from folks to make sure that happens and that their customers are happy so they end up hiring more people and if that's something you know For 15 hours a week, you can do whether it's sit at home as doing call center stuff or going to the physical store. Then it's a great play. You know, it's a great time to cash in for a couple weeks, and then you take two months off completely from working. That's the beauty of being semi-retired is you have the flexibility, or at least that's what you're aiming to have the flexibility to work. You know, seasonally when you want and when you don't want to. Yeah, that's a really good point. And another
0: one I'd like to make. I know I personally know some retirees who have really embrace the RV lifestyle. And what yeah. they do is, uh, they spend their summers working in tourist friendly communities in, in tourism areas, and then they hit the road at their own pace after labor day. And I think that's another strategy that some retirees, if they're into the whole RV thing may want to try.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Tony. And package delivery, for example, is another increasing uh, a gig that folks can participate in, right? Because think about the number of packages that are going to go out from Amazon – uh, for the holiday season, or you know, given COVID and the whole concept of grocery delivery has really taken off, right? Those those businesses need someone to take the 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 package or the grocery from their warehouse to wherever it's supposed to go to the the door uh, of the the customer. And in today's world, UPS and FedEx and uh, you know all those companies, the postal service, they don't have the capacity, or they're having capacity issues, so they're hiring delivery folks to do it for them, right? Amazon is hiring their own delivery com- uh, delivery employees to get those packages where they need to. This is a great part-time gig as well, right? Because you can make your own hours. You use your own vehicle, which could be a write-off uh, for tax reasons. And if you don't want to work, you don't have to. You know, it's not a, a W-2 uh, type employment. It's a 1099 concept. You're working for yeah. yourself and you make yeah. the money when you want to. Um, and if you live in a community that you know really well, right? You know how to get from point A to point B. Um, and you live in a community with an Amazon warehouse and a, or Walmart warehouse for that matter. Yeah. Uh, this could be a great gig for you. Yeah. The, and a lot of these bigger
0: companies like Amazon and Walmart are hiring de- their, like you say, I see Amazon vans delivering packages and they're not yeah. even, they're not even USPS or UPS or FedEx. They're at the actual Amazon delivery. So, uh, and, and yet they still utilize all those others. Uh, it is, a um, it amazes me uh, the number of deliveries I see every day to the houses in my neighborhood. I live in a cul-de-sac and there's eight homes on the cul-de-sac. Yeah. And it used to be, I, I I love this fact that, you know, it used to be pre-COVID, you'd see a UPS truck come come turn down the cul-de-sac. And of course, it's not a through street. So, you know, he's okay, he's making a delivery and it'd always be, you know, we'd be like, okay, who's getting the package today, right? Sure. And he'd stop by one house and then turn around at the end of cul-de-sac and leave, right? Oh, is it going to be my house? Are we getting a package? (laughs) And so it was kind of funny. We'd be uh, talking to the neighbors. We'd see the UPS and we'd like, okay, who's getting the package? Now he turns on our cul-de-sac and he stops it almost every time he'll hit every single house, maybe one or two. He doesn't stop at, but I've seen him hit every single house and it's almost that way every time same with the mail guy having packages to walk up to the door. So more and more people are getting home delivery. I mean, it's, it's crazy how in just a couple, I'd say in the last three years, it went from one or two a day, uh, houses in my neighborhood got packages delivered to all eight on our cul-de-sac almost every day, get a
1: package. So yeah, it's crazy. I mean, in a slight digression, uh, you know, you live in in more suburb suburban environment. I live in a rural community, and and the truth of the matter is, online is great, right? Because I'm sure. not getting out to, uh, 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 let's say, a Kohl's or a Home Depot sure. every day. Sure. I can't just go down the road and to and, and right. pop it's in not, and get something. It's not so just ten it's, minutes away, like it is here, yeah. right? So, so with Amazon Prime, you get you can get something in two days. And, and that's a lot quicker than me getting down to the store sure. or carving out time to do it. So, you know, in in a lot of areas, but specifically in rural areas, when you talk about packages, I mean, the UPS truck comes up here uh, up my road every day and probably spends a half hour in the neighborhood because he's got to drop stuff off at, at every house. I was, you know, before COVID, I was, I was a, a online shopper quite a lot, but my neighbors have embraced it a lot more, and I'm seeing the same thing you do, right? The UPS truck is here every day and is stopping a dozen times to drop things off. And it's just the world we live in. It's convenient. It's, uh, COVID has proven it to be far easier. Um, and for a lot of people that, you know, you go online, you click a button, you don't have to think about it until it gets to your door. So you know, what that means is there's going to be a need for people to deliver those packages. Um, and uh, in a lot of cases, they're part-time workers and it'd be a great solution if, uh, you know, if you like driving, um, and you want to be semi retired and make some bucks on the side? Then this is a it's a great possibility. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. That's awesome. It's a
0: great idea. And you know, my <laughs> earlier comment about the RVing lifestyle uh, it aligns well with uh, tourist spots, and that applies here too. I mean, there's something appealing about driving some of the, you know around some of the most beautiful locations in the country. Maybe to spend a few weeks, you know, doing things like uh picking <laughs> fruit or something
1: well, yeah, and the RV comment was interesting, right? Because we both live in the northern tier of the country. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of snowbirds, right? There's a lot of yep. people that say, screw this, I don't want to deal with winter. And they leave, uh, you know, sometime in October and November. And a lot of them will have RVs, right? They'll get in their RV and they'll go south. And wherever that is for us on the East Coast, it's going to be probably Florida or, or somewhere in the Southeast, but it doesn't matter. What I find with a lot of my clients that do that, I have a number of them that, that get out of here. Or skedaddle for the winter with their RVs what they do is they go to you know some specific spot and they park their RV for the season, um, and then they end up working part-time for that RV park, right? Whether it's the campground or their RV park or what have you. And it's a way of of defraying the cost of both the traveling but also the fact that you, when you park your RV, there's there's ongoing seasonal costs. And so I have a number of folks who they're semi-retired but the way they can uh, afford or again defray the cost of, of doing that snowbird thing with their RV is to actually work um, wherever they've parked their RV so it's a, it's a great way to think about, um, you know, your semi-retirement. You're still getting to live in two locations, but you're also able to bring in a little extra income that allows you um, to do what you want um, financially. So, you know, uh, a great example of this uh, that you hear a lot has to do with national parks, right? Every There, there are, yeah. I think now, 60-plus national parks in the country. And a lot of people like to go to them, and whether it's year round, right? They go in the summer or in the winter. Um, if if there's a park in the southern tier of the country and if you have some scientific background you can actually work in the park like out in the field dealing with people and and still getting to engage your mind if you don't have the background all of these national parks have you know they have a welcome center they have a gift store they have on-site food services this is a great way you park your RV and then you go work for the national parks um, doing something on a seasonal basis and not only do you get to defray your costs but you get to see a beautiful national park every day, um, while you're snowbirding it someplace where it's warm. And it's a, it's a great way to think about, um, kind of checking all the boxes in retirement, right? It's, yeah. it's making some extra income, it's traveling, it's, it's seeing a different part of the country if you want to. And, and the national parks are a great way to oh, organize some awesome. of that concept.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I know some folks who do that. They go, uh, they're retired and they work at Glacier National Park, uh, during the peak season. And then they they take their RV out there. They work there during the peak tourism season. And my wife actually worked at Glacier National Park in Montana her summers in college. She'd go out there and work work the summers, uh, her summer break. And she did that for a couple of summers and just loved it. Great experience. Uh, And I've never been to Glacier National Park, but my wife and my son, my son and some of his friends went out there. It's just, it's beautiful. So uh, again, the whole national park system. And even some of the bigger mm-hmm. safe parks are great to do yep. that. You can get part time jobs. So that's awesome. Well, it's been a great discussion for the show. Now, if some of our listeners out there want a financial plan in place that would allow them to do this traveling or maybe, you know, look at a possibility of a semi retired lifestyle sooner rather than later, how can they get a hold of you for that no charge consultation?
1: Yeah. Like I mentioned before, Tony, I. Deciding to be semi-retired is a great potential lifestyle, right? Um, but there are financial consequences that come with it, and there's a good problem, right? The good problem here is that you're very likely going to have multiple streams of income. You're going to have a, uh, you're going to have Social Security. You're going to have some part-time income. Maybe you're, you know, pulling some money off your IRAs or, or 401ks and what have you. But the problem becomes uh, that those streams of income are going to create some. Um, hiccups, let's call them, on Social Security, depending on withholdings and taxation. It's going to cause problems on the tax side of things. It creates what we call a tax snowball. So understanding the consequences of having these multiple streams of income and making sure you can sustain the lifestyle that you want to, right? You know, you don't want to create a plan that's dependent on on being semi-retired and then something happens and that stream of income shuts off and now you're left in alert. So, you know, that may happen, but we want to make sure we plan for. It. And creating a plan is, is really important. So if that's something you're interested in, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us on the IVAG.com and we can start that conversation and, and take into consideration all the pieces that go into creating a lifestyle for retirement, um, whether it's full retirement or, or deciding to be uh, semi-retired or retiring early, any of those possibilities, it, you need a plan to make sure you can pull it off.
0: All right. Thanks, Peter. A great show today. But listeners, that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Loffenberg. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Loffenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivag.com. Investment advisory services is offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Hilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Loffenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.